0: Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Hello and welcome to Countryside here on Manx Radio. I'm Simon Clark
1: And I'm Kiri Kermode. We take another look back at a really successful Royal Manx Agricultural Show.
0: We find out the need for 4x4 machinery on farms and also take a look at the modernist tractors available. Plus, I talk polo with Fraser Houston.
1: And then we speak to David Bellamy from the Manx Wildlife Trust.
0: Well, Kerry, uh, the show, we got all the judges, the presidents, the winners, the reserves on last week's programme. We did get round the show field and chat to one or two other people, but uh, before we get to that one... uh, Things are a bit up and down with the weather for the for the harvesting crops at the moment and from what I'm hearing of co- from the contractors, a little bit up and down as well.
1: Yeah, it's such a shame. We seem to get to this part of the year most years recently and it really does affect the harvest. You never se- can seem to get two dry days together to get it reaped off the ground. Um, it is seem to be a lot more tricky. The seasons are very definitely changing, aren't they?
0: Indeed, and it's one of them problems I suppose for contractors where somebody's is going to be ready in week one of August, somebody's going to be ready in re- week two and if the rain comes they're all jammed in together so it must be a tricky one trying to fit all that in
1: it really Mm. is and i know there's a lot less people growing corn here on the isle of man in the last couple of years and more so this year so it's putting a very very big uh, demand on the ones that are remaining growing it but also the cost of corn as well some are being imported it's um, very very expensive to grow it and then for it to be to fail and not be harvested it's just another blow
0: yes it is we'll keep an eye on that though over the coming weeks but uh, let's look back at uh, the Royal Manx agricultural show the bits we didn't get to get in Um, we talk polo with Fraser Houston Gary Neal who's there with his Massey Ferguson tractors and firstly Charlie Corkle yeah we've been supplying vehicles now Simon for well over 10
2: years so we're not uh, new to the game particularly but we're certainly finding a higher
0: demand at the minute with vehicles being a little bit harder to find on the mainland the farmer of course they used to have old vans going around a lot of them still do bales sticking out of the back and things like that but i mean they're not designed for that sort of thing driving through muddy gates and fields and how has the four
2: before took over on the farming role it's definitely had a huge impact on where farmers can get to by, by the stuff we see coming in. Uh, they certainly uh, test them to their outer limits, shall we say, some of them. but some of them are really good to look after them. It's not fair to say that across the board at all. And uh, there's, there's good trucks, bad trucks, there's good farmers that are good to them and there's some that have zero maintenance policies, but we try and work around that and try and bring the standard up a, a lot higher. That's our main goal, is to bring the standard on the roads up. A lot,
0: yeah. But but one of the things I suppose with with the farming fraternity, we all know um, the people involved in agriculture. um it, It's it's the time you know they haven't got a lot of time to go to. To seek out on websites or at local garages to to have a look at them where they can get in touch and and just have a a chat and you can source something for them that that meets their requirements is it
2: yeah well we try and find i'd like to think we have a a good knowledge of of what we're trying to sell and i think it helps when when fellas come on the stand and they say and women as well not just fellas and uh, say you know i need a truck for this application and we can say well this is the right towing capacity or you know, this has got the right tyres on it or you know, if they need it for something completely different then we can also cater for that market and it does help getting them exactly what they want at exactly the right price which I think is, is
0: imperative for anybody who's in business yeah, and, the, and the van, we, we mentioned 4x4s four but the van, part of it, a lot of people diversing into deliveries and things like that and picking stuff up important part of it too
2: yeah and i think most most farms will use a van alongside a truck i think it works well like you say for deliveries um you know simple things like moving bales if it's wet outside they need something that's that's big enough to handle it they can get stuff in the back and we supply a lot to other people as well it's not just the farmers but um farming is still our core business and that's what we enjoy and that's
0: that's where the crack is for us we really enjoy it yeah. and repair things as well and anyone wants to get in touch with you yeah if anyone wants to get in touch we we do run
2: a a repair side of the business and we also outsource it to other garages as well to if it's too much for us to handle some of the bends can be a bit bit too bent to get back straight again And the telephone number? 438197, you can get us on, uh, or, or email. So check out the Facebook page, we try and keep up to date with that as best we can. And, uh, you know, that, that's the easiest form, or just give me a ring, that's simple,
0: 438197. Gary Neal from Baldrine Tractors, uh, I wouldn't call these tractors There's some monstrous pieces of machinery on display at the Royal Show. Yeah, as they are at the moment, everything seems to be getting bigger all the time. Yeah, is that from demand from the customers or the manufacturers that are bringing newer ones out that are bigger? I
3: think. Yeah. And what have we got here? We have got a a class tractor with a with a round baler on round baler on on the back of it. Yeah. And what class tractors? One hundred and sixty-five horsepower.
0: Yeah. Tires on it fairly wide as well. Oh yeah,
3: wide tires on it. Yeah. Is it? As it. I mean, you never see a a two-wheel drive tractor anymore, they all fours? Most of them are fours now, yeah. You can still get the two-wheel drives but there's not many two-wheel drives coming now. But they can do anything,
0: can't they, these new tractors? You know, uh, the older generation will be familiar with a
3: plough or a
0: grubber or harrow on the back of them or something, or a baler. But you can put machinery on the front of these as well. Oh yes, the
3: new ones now, you can get the front linkage from PTO so you can have machines back and front.
0: Yeah I've seen them out with the um with the mowers on them where one's cutting from the front and the other one's Two cutting from on the back. The, yeah. Yeah, it's incredible and the
3: the the one here forage harvester, is that what you call yeah, these still? Yeah, it's I a forage think. harvester, yeah. yeah. self-propelled forage harvester now. Yeah. And what what sort of crops are, are these used to to harvest? Uh for doing like whole crop or for, uh, grass right, for, for silage, salaging. yeah.
0: Yeah, what about peas and things like that or is that more the combine side of things uh, that's more the combine side I think. but right. they will do
3: it yeah.
0: yeah but uh, they're they fairly modern machineries but th- that's what's there's so many I suppose so few I'd like to say people doing it now where it used to be the odd person cutting a bit of hay now it's mostly silage and there's such a demand for contractors to do well make hay while the sun shines these big machines can get a lot done all these can, yeah, yeah so sort of, you're looking at about 100 acres a day of these really yeah and it's so crucial for the for the farmer to get that because they can get the quality
3: that's it yeah get it in quicker and get the pits covered and better yeah. quality yeah and what about other machinery that you've got uh, available anything uh, well we've got the we're doing the Massey Ferguson's as well like yeah and, uh, m- close to my heart when I was young, the old thirty-five. So. That's it. Yeah. yeah, they've altered a bit from the thirty-fives, <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: but <laughs> but they've had a long history in the, in the farming world, haven't they? From oh, the very yeah. first ones.
3: Yes, yeah, so the Massey fergusons have. Yeah. yeah. yeah and do they still have. Still, sort of close to your heart, are they as well? Uh, they are really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a well started on the Fords fixing them, but Massey Ferguson they went to like yeah. Uh, the Fords uh, were always reliable though weren't they oh, on the Fords they were yeah
0: basic but yeah. yeah it's just great to see a few going and a few down at the vintage thing as well it brings back a lot of memories oh yes it's nice to see the old ones again And must be a lot a easier <laughs> to work on than the old ones were but
3: <laughs> you could get round them
0: no computers in there no, But no but, but when you see them side by side it's incredible to see where they've come to in, in 50 years or so that's it
3: yeah oh it's come a long way in 50 years even since i started i never thought i'd be going around fixing tractors with a laptop (laughs) really (laughs) yeah Yeah.
0: strange jumping into the the comfort of one to the other though there was no radios or nothing in the old no there there. was nothing
3: in them these got everything sat navs and all sorts of oh they've got everything now yeah everything you want is
0: all on them Mm. incredible pieces of machinery anyway and uh, an essential part of the modern farming world yeah that's it well, Fraser Houston from the Tusculian Polo Club, you're just about to head in to do a display. Um, how many years have you been going now with the polo? Seven, seven years. We've, right. been, uh, we've been, we've uh, been, yeah,
4: operating on the Isle of Man here. So uh, it's good to see. Um, you know, COVID's obviously not been uh, not been helpful for us at all. Um, but uh, it's great to see that uh, you know the clubs the clubs still going strong. Um, and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to uh, looking forward to growing in the future. We've got uh, planning permission up at our up at our uh, grounds at, uh, at Balaf now for a uh, 12 meter by 36 meter marquee. So we're hoping that we'll be doing more corporate events, and uh, you know, and wedding, you know, have it available as wedding venue hire as well. So yeah, so all uh, heading in the right direction again now.
0: Well, with the COVID, it's uh, trampled a lot of sports. But you'd like to think that you could keep a bit of distance on a polo horse, could you?
4: Uh, well, it is actually a contact sport. Um, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's a full full contact sport. You know, so we. Uh, yeah, it gets pretty pretty close and personal at times with uh, you know using your horse to push their horse out the way and stuff like that. So,
0: uh, you know when you get that sort of aggression in in different sports, you know whatever it is, do do the polar horses get that after a bit of training? Absolutely, they do. They? do. Yeah,
4: there's so there's some um, some horses. They they all have their individual strengths and weaknesses. You know some horses are very very fast. Other ones are better on the stop and turn. Um, and there certainly are a few of them that really enjoy the argy bargy of it. You know, some of them unprompted will uh,
0: will, like to, uh, will like to crash into the other one and shove it out the way. Is it quite a, a difficult horse? Obviously, you'd need a little bit of training how, how to ride a horse, how to turn it and stuff.
4: Yeah, I mean, mo- most of uh, most of our players had never ridden before they came and they booked booked a lesson or booked on one of our beginner days that we do um yeah so it's um yeah it's the the horses the horses are great and it is they are very well trained it takes it takes at least at least three years to fully make an educated polo pony um but uh yeah we've got some that are that are absolute pros they know their job and they they're good at looking after people
0: Will will the horses see the ball and run for
4: it yes. themselves? Probably. Yes, they absolutely yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. there's a uh, few a few of the older and wiser ones. Um, you know, there's uh, there's occasions where you see if they've got a, a novice player, um, and someone will play a backhand shot, and the horse will unpumped, um, turn onto the line. And uh, you know, there's a few times they just not expected it. And yeah, they—they uh, before they know it, they're there at the ball, but they had no idea how they got there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's a lot of history in polo, of course, from royalty, and a lot of uh, years ago that it was first... Um, you know, a, a sport, but I mean, it's got a uniqueness as well because I think it's the only sport that you can't play left-handed. That's you know? it. That's it. And that's
4: because uh, that's because of the rules, basically. So, if if I, if you hit the hit the ball without wishing to get into too much detail, if you hit hit the ball, you then have a right of way uh, up there, and it's basically to stop collisions. Um, because you don't want to be, uh, if you've got your eyes down and looking at the ball and someone wanders across in front of you and you end up having a, having a crash with two horses, especially the kind of speeds that we get around at, uh, it's, it's no fun for the riders or the horses, so it's all based around safety that.
0: Excellent stuff. We'll keep up the good work. We'll let you get in the ring. And if anyone wants details, or come and try it. They just contact. Yeah. they can contact Triskillian
4: uh, Triskillian Polo Club. You can look us up on uh, Facebook or Instagram. Um, We've got a website, uh, uh, www.triskillianpolo.club or you can just give us a call on 272-457. Give it heck. Yes, give it (laughs) heck, yeah. And it's well worth a go. It's great fun. Uh, nice social side around the club as well, you know, so it's great. yeah, we're really enjoying it. Now.
0: Well, what a sport uh, to get into there. Fraser Houston talking about the polo and the demonstration was wonderful that they did on the show field there uh, at the Royal Manx. Gary Neal uh, talking and reminiscing a little bit with me about the Massey Ferguson tractors. And firstly, uh, Charlie Corkle um, explaining the uh, the necessities really for a uh, different type of machinery for the farmers to get round and get... Uh, uh, you know keep an eye on their stock and their
3: crops
1: once upon a time it was always a foot and crook wasn't it they'd go with the dog and check the sheep but now time is of the essence and getting round some of these farms it's a lot quicker to go by four by four or or the quads or the gators that they seem to be around now but charlie has something for everybody there doesn't he <laughs>
0: You're listening to Countryside here on Manx Radio with Kiri Kermode and myself, Simon Clark.
1: I caught up with David Bellamy from the Manx Wildlife Trust who is the new Conservation Officer and seen how farmers are embracing the new changes.
5: Kiri, it's been a really busy time. Of course, um, all the farming community now know that the Manx Wildlife Trust have been chosen by government to be the delivery partner for the new Agri-Environment Scheme. So we were, we were at both shows to, to put our message across and, and to uh, let the farmers know... Uh, more about the scheme and, and how, how it's uh, being delivered. Uh, so we're really, really busy. There's been, been lots of interest, which is really positive to see. Um, and we've got about, I think, 42 farms now waiting for farm visits to come and have some advice about the new scheme and, and about uh, things that they can roll out on their farms.
1: And I know that change is always quite daunting, especially as a small island. It's uh, it's one of those places where slowly, slowly things will adapt. You know, they've, they've done it for generations and now taken the land and maybe not using it for production of food as such they find it is quite fearful
5: but it's really important to to outline that this scheme is not about rewilding at all it's not about removing good agricultural land from from agriculture it's about lots of really really little wind so we're talking about field corners we're talking about along river banks we're talking about unproductive areas um, perhaps in in the in the uplands if we can get lots of little changes across the whole Isle of Man, you know, 88% of the Isle of Man is agriculture. We've got 341 active farms, so little positive increases in, in wildlife habitat across the Isle of Man will, will have huge benefits uh, without impacting on, on uh, food production. Uh, and it's yeah, rewarding um, financially, importantly, uh, farmers for, for, for that role they play
1: with the findings obviously from the show it's very new how do you see farmers getting involved where do they start you know we're coming into the winter months now what can they do to to get prepared or or get on board
5: the scheme formally started on the 1st of april so any actions that a farmer have taken on their land that benefit wildlife since the 1st of april is eligible for a grant under this scheme and there are some really easy things to do there, I, I, but importantly, there there are lots of things. Um, and talking to most farmers, there there are one or two little things they've always wanted to do on their farm, and they've never got round to it, or they've never had the, the money or the time. But now they're being incentivized to do that. Uh, so a, a great example is um, farm dubs. You know the, the typical Manx farmland pond. Uh, a lot of farmers have those on 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 their land, but they've over uh, years they, they've been fenced off, maybe a bit neglected, and they've um, sallows, willows have grown in there. Uh, they've silted up and they don't have that same value for wildlife today that they used to. So for now, that th- they can be rewarded for restoring those. Equally, if they want to create whole new ponds where there were never any wetlands before, uh, that- that's something that you can do now. Uh, we're getting a lot of interest in-, in wetland creation, which is really nice to see.
1: And I think one of the topics that people do talk about, especially around the agricultural show, knowing that changes are afoot with it, is getting that balance between food production and nature. There's a worry that you know the island needs food security. What happens if the Ben McCree doesn't sail, etc.? You know, people are a little bit mindful of our food production.
5: Definitely. Well, this scheme is not a revolution um, and it's also voluntary. So nobody has to participate in the scheme unless they want to. But uh, what we're looking on the island, as I exactly say, is to achieve that balance. Uh, the new scheme covers... Um, many things in fact there's 38 different things that you can do on on your farm uh, that will receive uh, government support Uh, the the most obvious of which is tree planting Uh, and uh, lots of farmers are interested in that and it's not to lose vital agricultural land it's to plant up those little corners of fields uh, that that are probably uh, rough and and and, you know covered in weeds uh, regardless Uh, a a really exciting thing that lots of people are interested is uh, wetland creation uh, and I'm really pleased to announce that the island has a new dub on the Northern Plain in Andros parish we have a, a new dub that's just been dug so this is a, a wetland that now exists where there was no wetland previously. Uh, what, what we've done is we've um, monitored the site beforehand and we'll be looking to monitor it uh, over the following years to see what species of um, invertebrate maybe frogs uh, what, what plants, what wetland plants arrive and, and what um, dragonflies and damselflies uh, are, are welcomed back into this little area that was un- unproductive to the farm and that, that, that you know has now received support um, to create this vital habitat so really exciting but but not only that uh, th- there's something for all types of farms so you can create new hedges whether they're the thorny hedges uh, bringing back loads of birds in winters to, to, get, uh, to eat on the berries or whether they're more traditional manx sod banks um, and uh, not not only that, uh, if you're on an arable land, you can just almost uh, take a, a step back to a, a more nature friendly approach. So leave winter stubbles, go back to traditional spring cropping. Potentially, it, it, if it fits in with your farm business plan, go organic. Uh, all of those things now will, will receive um, government support we we're, we're very keen to focus on cleaning our water uh, so so removing agriculture a little bit back away from watercourses and not storing manure or slurry or feeding animals right on the banks of river uh, rivers all all uh, welcome support um, and then we are also trying to conserve our soil so planting winter cover crops so that soil is not exposed in in periods of heavy rain uh, will will also benefit uh, as will growing um, plants that will fix nitrogen so essentially self-fertilize the soil while providing some amazing forage uh, for for our, our, our animals.
1: I think that's one thing we're lucky with here. We have such a mix of farming. Lots of people do grow the rape and the kales through the winter. So these things, like you say, people are already doing in their farming enterprises can just maybe reach out speak to you david and the wildlife trust or even defer and actually see what they're already doing what can benefit
5: it, absolutely and some things are so simple one of the great benefits of growing out to manx farms is people are telling me the wildlife that they see uh, and it's amazing how many people see barn owls around the isle of man which which are a, a really difficult thing to see we've only got an estimated 10 breeding pairs left on the isle of man but it's such an easy thing to erect barn owls in established, nice, quiet, cosy barns. So usually the, the furthest one away from the farmhouse and the bit the busy farm areas. It's such a simple thing to do. It's eligible under this new scheme. And hopefully in years to come, if we just provide more habitat for, for owls especially, then we'll start to see the, the, the numbers increasing next time uh. uh you know, species-specific reviews are done,
1: and I think this is something the island should be very proud of. Obviously, the island has achieved the UNESCO Biosphere Status. You know, it's it's one of the highest uh, awards in the world. And um, there's so many positives on this island.
5: There, there really are, and, and I'm I'm really pleased that, um, that that we're finally rewarding farmers for the the key role that they play in looking after our wildlife and, and really importantly on our landscape. And and this scheme is now um changing the perhaps in a very small way the focus of uh, farming from not just being about um, producing food which of course we we need and will increasingly need in the future but also looking uh, to make things like looking after wildlife uh, making sure our air and our water are clean uh, and and maintaining and enhancing our landscape uh, as being key outputs of farming that are now making economic sense the scheme is still in its in its early days, so we're in many ways uh, both, both ourselves and and are finding uh, our feet with it. Uh- some of the initial feedback I've had is um, of course at this time of year farmers are really busy people and though, those who are desperate to, to to get as much as they can out of the scheme and, and really uh, make their, their, their farms as wildlife friendly as they can, I've realised that there's quite um, um, a paperwork burden that comes with it. We are absolutely looking at ways we can improve that and make it as simple as possible um, to, to join the scheme. What I say is please don't let that put you off um, I will provide any um, farmer with all the help and, and guidance and support that they need. Um, and you've you've got until um the thirty first of March to join this scheme for this scheme year. But please join nice and early. Uh, my email address is david at mwt.im MWT for Manx Wildlife Trust um, so, so please drop me a line I'll come out to your farm I'll help you through all the paperwork um, and you've got to be in this scheme to, to, to reap the benefits from it uh, absolutely there is a bit of paperwork and it's important because it's public funds at the end of the day so they have to be fully accounted for we've had loads of application forms in, in so far and I'm really looking forward to all of uh, all the farmers on the Isle of Man joining the scheme
1: That was a very enthusiastic David Bellamy from the Manx Wildlife Trust
0: Yes, important uh, when you look at a, a lot of the elect- action campaigns that are going ahead Kerry there's lots uh, talking about climate change and environmental things isn't there
1: There is, it is uh, definitely. It's coming,
0: like it or not.
1: Absolutely. Mm. It has to have that balance and um, it is always hard to change. But if some of the farms can just maybe have a little bit at the side for the conservation, for the wildlife, it's just so important. And um, like David says, it's not taking away from the production of the land, but just working in harmony.
0: Mm. All right. Well, that's it for this week's programme. And we're going to take three, four weeks off, Kiri. Uh, to get ourselves organised. We've got a couple of events uh, coming up when we come back on. Uh, Of course, the Andreas Root Show or the uh, Andreas Produce Show uh, will be on. It's uh, moving to a new date. It's on Saturday, Saturday the 25th of September. September, doors open at 1pm so that's the Andrew's Produce Show or Roots Show, so put a note in your diary for that, and also uh, an open day at the Isle of Man Goats
1: Yes, just before that, the Super Manx Bank Holiday, so uh, next week Sunday the 29th and Monday the 30th, so that's Sunday and Monday of the Manx Bank Holiday at Isle of Man Goats, they're having a farm open day all their uh, proceeds in aid of Hospice Isle of Man so uh, get along and see all those little kids they're absolutely gorgeous, the Pygmy Goats Goats. They, we've seen them at the show so Sunday the 29th and Monday the 30th at Isle of Man Goats and Kirk Michael
0: Big thank you to our producer of Countryside as ever dealing with uh, what we throw in here uh, to Sarah Hendy so congratulations to her for making us sound reasonably well I would say and uh, if you've missed any of the episodes they're all available on Manx Radio's website on the listen again where you can download the podcasts if you want to hear all the interviews in full so from me Kerry Kermode for the time being and
1: me Simon Clark. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's wonderful. So until the next series from me, Simon Clark. I'm and
1: me Kerry Kerman. We'll see you then. Ta-da. Bye-bye.